So we've been dealing with the abomination of desolation, and we've been looking at it from the standpoint of Israel becoming an abomination to the Lord, not just from the Romans, but from Israel themselves. And, and, and I believe it's a twofold thing. I believe the Romans and Nero and, and everything that went on that day was also part of the abomination that the Roman army marched into Jerusalem. They uh, stopped the daily sacrifice. The time of the end came. And all of that was fulfilled. I believe that. That as you study the scripture and you see what was determined upon Jerusalem, it all had to come into conclusion. The reason, but the reason it had to come into conclusion was to establish the new. That was the reason the old had to be taken away out of the earth, that the new would be established, that there would be a manifestation of the new. What's difficult today is even though the old has been taken away, many believers have not come to an establishment of the new. Many believers are still living in view of the old covenant thinking in view of the old covenant. And what believers will do many times is they'll take these scriptures and they'll say, well, see, what does this mean? Because they're still looking for natural fulfillments to take place. And because at times we haven't been able to show them complete, we've left them without an answer. See, See, we should be a people with the answer, okay? We should really be the people with the answer. We're the body of Christ, of his fullness. Church, which is his body, has declared that this morning, the fullness of him. So being the church that, his, that is his body, the fullness of him, in his fullness is the answer, Okay? So we should come to a place where we have the answer. We live in the answer. We know the answer. We're able to share the answer. Now, sometimes it's not a, an easy sharing like people want. Uh, I'll share this with you as we get into this. This, this young man years ago wanted to throw a curveball at me. And he asked me this question, if God is a God of love, why did he kill all those people? And I said, well, I will share that with you after we finish this appointment. Now, when he heard that from me, I think he was done because he thought he was going to throw something at me. I wasn't going to be able to answer it. And then, you know, he would, he would say something like C or whatever. I don't know what was in his mind. But I came out and I reminded him that you asked me a question and I'm going to give you an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he wasn't necessarily waiting there ready for the answer. But I said, the reason God did that is it was representing what he was going to do at the cross, that at the cross, the whole old man died and only his seed was preserved. Everything was a representation or in, in connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. The old man died at the cross. So we, as the old man, didn't come forth. We come forth in the new man. 
And the Lord was dealing with me in that on vacation. I have to share this. I started off this morning sharing this. So I have to share this. And then we're going to turn to the book of Hebrews. But the Lord was speaking in me in a, in a profound way when we were on vacation. Uh, Anita was listening to some music and I was listening to the lyrics of a song, good Christian song as far as songs go. But it resonated in my mind that they're not declaring the new man. They're talking about God heals me, God delivers me, God does all these things to me, and he does. He does all these wonderful things. But they never brought into view what salvation is, a new man. A new man having a new mind, a new heart, a new will, a new purpose. And, and I began to hear that in connection with the, not just the singers, but into connection with ministry, the church, believers, that much of the time, what's not being declared is a new man. You know, I'm going to go back to what Adam was before he sinned. And, and honestly, Paul, I don't believe declares that. But, but I listen to ministers preach, and they, and they get wrapped up into that thought that we're going to go back to what Adam was. And I want to almost scream and say, no, you're not. The, the purpose of God has come in the person of his son. That's what came. What Adam fell short of, all sin and fell short of the glory of God. Well, if we get a hold of this, Christ didn't use the glory of God. Christ didn't use the hope of glory. So what Adam fell short of was what we have, Christ in you. So the hope that was the expectation that God had, not just man had, but God had in the beginning was a people in his divine nature, a people living as one body in the earth unto the Lord. Now, this could never be accomplished in natural man was reality. Man couldn't accomplish it. So man not being able to accomplish it, God himself sent forth his son came in the likeness of man, died as a man to bring us into that that he is. And it's that simple. We come into what he is. What he is is made known to you and I. That's what salvation is, Christ being made known. This is eternal life that you might know, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom he has sent. That's eternal life. So if I declare anything but him, I'm missing it. He is it. Now, the beauty of that statement is we're included in him. We're made one with him. We're united with him. Because sometimes we say, well, where do we go? What's in this for us? All that he is. <laughs> That's what's in it for us. All that he is. So we're united to all that he is. And that's why the end had to come. That's why the end has to come into the hearts of believers. The mindset has to change from the old to the new. And Jesus, well, the writer of Hebrews lays it out in Hebrews 9. 
I, I believe is plain as, as almost it could be laid out. And I'll read it out. The uh, brother Dale likes this version. I like, I like this one. I like American standard amplified and King James. I like, I probably like them all for Christ. Verse 24 for Christ has not entered for Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are the copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Well, that takes you back to Daniel. Daniel saw the Son of Man ascending to the Ancient of Days. Sometimes we don't connect it together, but he entered not into the Old Temple, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy place every year with blood not his own, for he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And see, here's Daniel's you know, the end of sin, the putting away of sin. How was sin put away? By the sacrifice of himself. And just as is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So he appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself at the end of the age king james says verse 26 for then it must he have often suffered since the foundation of the world but now once in the end of the world as he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself so the end of the world came at the cross. You know, to a certain group of people, they, they I, I believe our minds can get set up that the end of the world came at 70 AD. No, the end of the world came at the cross. The manifestation that everything was ended happened maybe in 70 AD. Maybe that's the right way to declare it. But the cross was when it came to its end. After the cross, the Holy Ghost was given. The Holy Ghost didn't wait to get be given after 70 AD. The Holy Ghost came after the cross. And Jesus had declared that the time of the end was at hand, that the destruction of Israel was going to come. The reason the destruction of Israel was going to come was because Jesus had hung on the cross, and that was finished. The old covenant was over. So now what was to be established was the new. So, so what had to happen is the old had to be taken off the earth. Now, unfortunately, the church wants to put the old back in the earth. The church does. Let's Go back to temple worship. Build a sanctuary in the Middle East and go there and slay cows. And to me, that's 
that's desecration, abomination, whatever you want to say, because the blood of Jesus is the eternal offering of God once, finally, for all. There is not another offering. Now, you have the one side of the church that wants to go there. You got this other side of the church that wants to declare that Jesus didn't need to shed his blood. <laughs> and, I, and I want to say to both of them, you're both wrong. Jesus had to shed his blood. His blood was for the deliverance, for the cleansing, for the redemption. Everything you can, you search the scripture in Paul's writing, he tells you what the blood's about. The type and shadow had to come because they had to declare him. There had to be a testimony in the earth. But when the testimony came, it had to be fulfilled. So the testimony came through the prophets. God gave the testimony, and it began to come through the earth, into the earth through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah. You go on, well, Noah before them, you go on and on. Here comes this great testimony in the earth. And there had to be a fulfillment of the testimony. So it all has to work in fulfillment, into conclusion. And the conclusion of the matter is the Lord himself. Once in the end of the world, once at the end of the age, he appeared. The time has come. The time is fulfilled. That was the conclusion of the matter, really, when the babe was born in Bethlehem. The time had come. He had come. The time of the end. A person is the time of the end. So what divides the time isn't an event, but a person. Now, out of the person comes events. Okay, Hear me. The persons who divided the time. When the fullness of the time, the word fullness could be completion. But, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. That The conclusion of the time was God sending forth his son. Isaiah writes it this way, unto us a child is born. So when this child is born, and then this son is revealed or given to Israel, the time of the end is a hand. When John the Baptist finished his ministry, the time of the end was at hand. Because the prophets were until John. After that, the kingdom of God is declared. So now Jesus is declaring the new day. Jesus is the new day. He's the end of the old. He's the beginning of the new. So in him is both the conclusion of one and the beginning of the other. Now, when he hung on the cross and said, it is finished, it was finished. And what put it in force was he didn't just hang on the cross, he raised from the dead. Had he hung on the cross and said, it's finished, but not raised from the dead, it wouldn't be enforced. But see, he raised from the dead to bring forth the new creation of God in the earth. 
And that's what you and I are part of, the new creation. Created of God in Christ Jesus. That's where we're created. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It's a good place to be created. So, so here we are in this new. But the old had to be taken away. And that's what all this is about, really. In, in Matthew 24 and Luke, I mean, all the judgments had to come up on Israel, but as much as that, the old had to cease. It couldn't continue to exist. Now, this is me. I'm going to insert this. I believe, had God not wiped it off the earth, man would have just kept going with the old. I believe that because man wants to continue with the old. Man wants to continue with a glory cloud coming down into a building rather than the glory of God himself dwelling in them. Man wants to touch God with the natural. But God is filling us in the spiritual, in the eternal. So also in Hebrews, in the same chapter, Hebrews 9, the writer writes, verse 6, and I'll go back to the ESV since I started there, says, these preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties, but into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year and not with, without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet open as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of worshipers, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. But Christ appeared as a high priest of good things that have come. Now, he appeared as the high priest of good things to come. But while the first was still standing, it wasn't manifest. The way wasn't manifest. So the first had to be taken away. So the first order had to go. The first building and order. So therefore, the old had to be removed from the earth in order that we would move from the old to the new. Now, what has to happen is a declaration of the new. Here's what has to come into the church, is, is what he writes here. Christ appeared a high priest of good things that have come. Then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is say, not of this creation. He entered in once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own, thus securing eternal redemption. So here Christ enters the holy of holies, heaven itself, he writes down below, with his own blood, obtaining 
securing eternal redemption. Cleansing the conscience. Bringing a people forth as a new creature. That's what he did. That's his ministry. And that's what has to be declared in the church, a new man. Because if we're not declaring a new man, we're leaving people hollow, not fulfilled. See, the fulfillment is a new man, a man in right standing with God, a man that's an heir of God, a man that's a son of God. That's the fulfillment. That's what we are. Okay. That's the new covenant. We're a new man who is an heir of God in Christ Jesus. Joint heirs with him. Now, nothing is separate from that in Christ Jesus. We and ourselves can't obtain a hill of beings. But we're joined to the Lord. See, the good news is we're joined to him. So all of this becomes real or reality because we're joined to the Lord. Okay. He's our life. So all that's in his life can be known in us. Because he's our life. We're joined to him. Now that's why the old had to end. So we had to come to a place where God is king. Had to take Adam, Satan, everything off the throne. Now he was always the Lord but off the throne, having dominion. So, so what happens, you know, this is just coming to me in the book of Re Revelation. I believe it talks about those that were beheaded. They had to be taken. Their mind has to be taken off, beheaded. I'm probably misquoting this, but they had to be done away with. Their mind and a new mind has to come forth. Okay. A new understanding with God. I was telling Anita, we were listening to another song. And I was telling her that it would be great if they were singing about God establishing the truth of Christ in our hearts. Brother Jimmy talks about it all the time, a new song. The song of him, a song that declares him, that declares the new man, that declares 
the Son of Man coming in glory. See, see, we look at that as just a singular event of Jesus coming in glory, but the Son of Man is a many-membered man, a new man. I don't know that we get this. The Son of Man, it, we're included. The first man is of the earth from earthy, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15. That included every earthy man. Okay. In one man. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As you have borne the image of the earthy, you shall bear the image of the heavenly, the Son of Man coming in glory. A people manifesting Christ in the earth. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You're a new man. How many believes you're a new man? How many believes Paul wrote you're a new man? Well, if there's only two men, you're part of the first man or you're part of the second. And if you're part of the second, you're part of that Son of Man coming in glory. Because he's coming in the glory of his Father. Now, Jesus is coming glory in us. And I could say we're coming in glory in him. Because <laughs> we're seeing his glory. Father, that they may behold my glory. We're seeing his glory. Yes. That's what the church is. His body, the fullness of him. That fills all in all. I, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at some things to say. Not ready to say them yet, but I'll, I'll test the water just a little bit. Like the redemption of the body. We've thought, or I've thought, or I've, you know, had thoughts about the redemption of the body more as redemption of bodies, plural. But the body redeemed unto the Lord as the body of Christ. You ever thought about it that way? Redeemed from the old to him. Do you, do you see a transition? The body of Christ started on the day of Pentecost. But the old was still upon the earth. So there for a period of time, there was a transition period that was moving along in the earth, and then it come to its conclusion. You could say it's 70 AD, but it really ended at the cross and was manifest in 70 AD that now the body is the Lord's. But Christians today still don't know that. They are the body of Christ. Christians don't understand. They already have a glorified body. If Christ is glorified in me, and I'm glorified in him, and I am a member of the body of Christ, would I not then have a glorified body? Yes. If I'm a member of his body, would I not be in a glorified body? Does Jesus have a non-glorified body? No. He doesn't. So if I'm in him, and he's in me, and I'm his body, what kind of body would that give me? 
I glorify body. Yeah. Sure would. Because my life's him. My life is not the earth man. I have an earth suit. <laughs> but the earth suit's not my life. I'm like Brother Jimmy Lewis. I'm in no hurry to get rid of their suit. I don't care if the earth suit existed forever, but my life is Christ. And while I'm in the earth suit, and when I leave the earth suit, my life will still be Christ, and I'll still be a member of his glorified body. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Christians need to understand they're members of the body of Christ, that he lives in them. And again, that's why the old had to go away. That's why all of this had to take place. Jerusalem had to be compassed with armies. Jesus told them, when you see this happening, it's at the door. It's, it's coming. The destruction is nigh. It's at the door, it's at the gate, and Daniel tells them, and he's, and he's, if you read the whole book of Daniel, that, you know, so many days are going to come up on this people, and I've got a timeline here from one brother that starts at about 64 AD and runs to 70 AD, and those 1,300 and some days Daniel speaks about, you have Nero persecuting Christians Around 66 AD, the daily sacrifice is abolished. The Roman Jew Jewish war comes into play, and you have a great tribulation of three and a half years. Now, that happened in the past. Now, I'm looking at this one brother's timeline, and I think it's pretty good. This generation shall not pass to all these things be fulfilled. And so where did he send them to? Daniel's prophecy. Where Daniel's prophecy gave you the 70 sabbatical years, which we talked about, then it gives you 1,290 and 1,335 days. And those days came upon the earth, Jerusalem. And in that time period, all of this happened. The, the Nero came into Jerusalem to change the times and seasons. But honey, don't think Nero just did this. God sent King Cyrus back all those years before. If you really get in and start studying Daniel out, Cyrus comes in and he begins to, so to speak, blow a trumpet that, it, that the Israelites or Judah would go back to Jerusalem. To do what? To build the temple in a troublous and it come through the decree of the king. And then, then what was it? Uh, uh, I forget the next king that come along that reinforced it or, or, or maybe put it in more force. So God used these men toward his end. Okay, But his end was the taking away of that and the establishment of the new. He comes to take away and to establish. And that's in the person. I could learn all of the timelines and still not be established in the new. 
And I'm afraid we have dear brothers and sisters out here that have timelines down very, very good. They're much better than me, some of them. But what you must be established in is the new. And the new is a new man, a new, and it comes forth in Christ. And that's the establishment that Paul was declaring to the church from the time he had the revelation of Christ in him was the new man. You're a new creature. Your life is not your own. Christ lives in you. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed unto God. I, I, I would love to fully comprehend that statement, redeemed unto God. <laughs> he redeemed me from the earth. To be his. Now to comprehend that is to know Jesus Christ. See, that's the only way I comprehend that. I can't comprehend it any other way. So God gave it all in a person. That's why he says, of his fullness you have received. Because it's the fullness of him that you're comprehending. That's what salvation is, the fullness of him. You're the body of that, not the body of Adam. See, the body of Adam is a body of sin. I don't think it takes us too long to know what the body of Adam is. I said this this morning. When you start looking at what Adam is, the spirit of man, knoweth the things of man, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. But well, you've not received the spirit of the world, but you've received the spirit of God to know the things that are of God. And Jesus tells you that all things of the fathers are mine. Therefore, when the spirit comes, he's going to take that of me, all things of God, and show it to you. So, so we're in this eternal relationship with Christ, the eternal one. That's where we are right now in the earth, in an eternal relationship with him. I can be bold here. I believe you're going to continue to know the Lord after you pass from the earth. You know, people kind of believe, well, when I pass from the earth, I'm going to know it all. Well, I'm not so sure. I just throw that out there. I think you're going to know, know it all as you know all of him. That's knowing it all. He's knowing all of him because he is the beginning and the end. He's the conclusion of the matter. So if I know it all, I know all of him. So I, I, honey, sometimes I believe we just begin here in the earth. I believe we're in an eternal relationship of knowing the Lord eternally. And, how, and we sing songs like, how great is our God? Well, 
<laughs> we only know how great he is as he's revealed. That's how we know how great he is when he's revealed. So we come into this place for him to be revealed. Well, and again, that's why the old had to go, because the old was symbolic, was types and shadows, and and the types and shadows. I love to read the old. I love to read the old covenant. I love to read Isaiah and Ezekiel. One time, I, I read out of them probably more than I did the new because I'd see Jesus in every part of it. I would look at Isaiah and find him. That's, that's who I would wind up seeing is the new. Because it was hidden in the old and made manifest. What was hidden is made manifest by the Spirit of God in the person of Christ, in us. See, the beauty of this is not just Jesus now walking the shores of Galilee and manifesting who he is. <laughs> now, that was beautiful. I don't want to take away from the Lord walking the shores of Galilee and a manifestation he brought up on the earth. That was a beautiful manifestation of the Lord. That was, I believe, God in fullness, God in expression, God in, in, in a way that he had never been seen before. That's what I believe. But now the beauty of this salvation we have is that beautiful one that came forth and manifest God in, in purity and in wholeness and in, in fullness is now manifesting himself in us. Changing our very minds and nature and character. Putting him on. You know, you know, these statements Paul writes, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we read them, and I don't know that the magnitude of what's being said really hits us. Put on. What a statement. Clothed upon with him. What he is as a clothing to my soul. Not just putting bodies, flesh, and blood on me, but a clothing of the Lord. That my mind and my soul, my, my internal being can be clothed in light and life. And then this body be the vehicle for the expression of him. And then you hear Paul write, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I, I, I told Ethan on our vacation, we were riding by some of the big buildings our last day, I believe it was before we, day before the last, before we flew out, the last day before we flew out and riding through back into Las Vegas. And you're seeing all these stars. Stars of today and stars of yesteryear on billboards. And I told him, I said, we have more riches than they do. We look at these people like they have something great. But the riches of God in Christ is deposited in a people. It's, 
it's like this, and, and I'm going to quit. We think the president has the greatest voice in the world. A lot of Americans do. They think the president has the greatest voice. And I want to say, no, 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 no. The church has the greatest voice. If it's speaking out of the voice of Christ, that's the voice that needs to, needs to be his voice. But, oh, we, we miss it sometimes. We look at the natural and, and just, just kind of like Peter and those guys, and they bring Jesus to the buildings we've been talking about and say, hey, Jesus, look at this building. And he could have easily said, well, Peter, why don't you just turn and look at me? I'm the building you're getting ready to see, son. You're getting ready to see the building that comes forth out of me, glory to God. Turn your heart and see him. Because as great as all these things are, they don't hold a candle to the one that we have to do with. We live in him. He lives in us. What a divine union we're in, folks. I'll stop here and we'll probably look at this one or maybe two more times and then move on. Uh, I keep saying we're coming to the end of it, and I, I don't know. I'll, I'll end it when I feel like the Spirit of the Lord has ended it, and we'll start up the next uh, subject. But uh, I'll stop here tonight, and I pray that God just increase our hearts and our minds in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.